Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. Um, before the show, we're talking about peeing. Did you pee? I did pee. Yay. How was your stream? Was it good? You need to see a doctor? I'm yes. concerned about your stream. Yes. How orange was it? Uh, it wasn't orange enough. Damn it. You need more, you need more of that infection in ya. Um... That's a good way to to start the show, though, isn't it? It is. If I if I talked about my favorite drawn together joke that didn't actually make it in the show because it was too offensive, so they made him cut it. I don't think you did. I, I feel you, like you, I you have, bring up the but... show a lot. So it, what was yeah. it? Yeah, and so it's the episode where Waldor is learning how to masturbate, and he names his his little masturbatory magic things clum babies, and then Spanky goes, "Oh, I name mine too. I call them peppermints," and they made him take that joke out because it has about blood in the cum. And I love that joke so much because it's so gross and it's such a good visual and it fits the tone of the show so well. Why remove that? Um, I think by season three they were getting complaints about the stuff they were... Because they would tell like the, the network, this is what's in the show, and then they would put other stuff in at like last minute that wasn't approved. And so they were they were putting things on TV they weren't supposed to. Which is weird, because I'm pretty sure at this point South Park has done pretty more offensive things than most of the Drawn Together stuff. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't understand. But um, this is, you know, this is early 2000s humor, so, like, things are a little different. I love how in He-Man there's zero violence. Is there? There, So, the the writing prompt they were given, like, the, the restrictions by the censorship council or whatever... Mm-hmm. Um, they were literally not allowed to have any violent acts. And what the writing team meant was that means that you can't actually punch somebody or you can't actually like have swords clash. It actually went a step further where characters were not allowed to like they wrote, <laughs> they wrote in a script once um, that beast man says, uh, he man escaped. And then Skeletor turns and scowls at him. And they got a note back that you cannot have Skeletor like scowl at somebody. You can't I have thought that's all his face could do. It's a skeleton. So if you watch the show, there's never like two characters on screen at a time <laughs> because they they if they if they made eye contact and one of them was unhappy, that was a violent act. So is this a bad cartoon? I never actually watched this one, but it sounds I, awful. honestly um, for kids, it's not bad. Uh, in the 80s, you know? Like, I just feel like Thundercats had violence. It did. No, the, He-Man was a weird case because that was also their first TV show. Oh. Um, I think I've talked about He-Man a bit on the show, but do you, do you know how the, sh- the how the TV show came about? I mean, they were trying to sell toys, right? So, well, they weren't just trying to sell toys. They were trying to, like, save their toy company. Because oh. Because they, uh, they had the opportunity to do this, like, cross-promotional thing with, like, a movie. And they're like, nah, we don't need to do that. And then um, it went to Kenner, and Kenner cornered the market on Star Wars and ruined the toy market for everyone else. Sure. So it's like they were told literally, you have to make the next Star Wars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the creators are like pulling their hair out, like, what in the world? How do you how do you just make the next huge thing ever? And um, what they came up with was, well, what if just everything cool at once? So barbarians and 
swords and also lasers and giant dinosaurs animals and dinosaurs and, and yeah. space and robots and skeletons. Like, yeah, yeah, all of that. And so the <laughs> the guy in charge of like pitching it, they they put together an idea of what the toy line would be. And um <laughs> and so they, they didn't think up the pitch entirely. And the one guy went into pitch and he's like, Oh, here's here's He Man and he's this he's this tough guy and he gets the sword and he's and he raises the sword and says for the power of gray skull and then he fights skeletor who's his enemy and and then the the person asking is like well what's gray skull i was like well gray skull it's like it's the whole that's the kingdom there's gonna be a a place set with a whole castle it's it's it'll be great and he's like okay well how how do we relay any of the story elements? Like, th- does anyone know what a Skeletor is or why He-Man's fighting him? It's like, well, no, they'll explain that in the comics because each each action figure will come with a comic book that tells about the action figure's backstory. Uh, okay, I mean, we're we're marketing at what age frame again? Do they read? It's like, th- that's why the comic books will supplement the TV show. We have a cartoon planned. It's all going to tie together. And so they got the green light to go with He-Man, but also apparently they're making a castle playset, a comic book, and a TV show. And the people that had to make that stuff was like, we're making what now? <laughs> That's funny because um, it reminds me, when I was younger, I feel like there were toys that I would buy that would come with comics or, yeah, you know, things like that. I remember there was a, when, when uh, what's that movie, uh, Independence Day. There was a line of toys that would come with floppy disks, and there would be like really little games or interactive experiences on those disks for you to, uh, you know, engage with the movie, engage with the world. And it's crazy. It feels so unheard of now. I don't well, remember what the actually, quality of those things was. I bought a My Little Pony that came with a DVD once. Have you seen those? I mean, is it like just like an episode, or is it like an it actual was, experience? It, it was one episode. It was like a GameCube size DVD. I mean, that's different than like DVD. a floppy disk that comes with like a game on it, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like an interactive thing, but it was kind of like here's a full episode that's about the character. Like here's a Pinkie Pie episode or whatever it was. Independence Day floppy disk game. I wonder if I can find this. But have we talked about this. I don't think we have. No. This is interesting. Okay, what do we got here? I just, I'm like nine seconds in. Okay, required for. What is going on? Oh, this is cool. I don't even remember what this came in. If this was like a, a. a I know it came with a toy, but I can't remember if it was like a McDonald's thing or a. And it's funny, there's only a couple of comments, and, and most of them are just as baffled. Like, yeah, I think this like, came with Doritos. What? I was like, no, it came with an action figure. And he's just I'm... like, he's. It's right now, it's a still picture of an alien in a ship, but there's some buttons, and they're changing the symbols, and I think they're trying to. Um, you know, it's some kind of like really shitty puzzle that doesn't give you any instructions. Yeah, it's basically just like a toy to play with. Yeah, but it. It always really like I I remember this pretty vividly because it was just so nothing else had done this at that time. Like there's yeah, oh it's we kinda gave like, you. Do you remember that Captain Crunch game? Oh yeah, there was uh, the the serials did that, didn't they? 
Yeah, but I feel like the Captain Crunch one had a very um like wide net because everybody seems to remember that one specifically. Yeah, I think part I actually, of that was. Well, yeah. Well, just like because like that was like a Doom thing, right? No. Or am I thinking of something else? That was Check's Quest, which I was okay. literally just about to talk about. No, the Captain Crunch was weird because it was like it was way too much setup for these mascot characters that didn't exist. Where it's like you got a little like Furby thing, and the idea is you feed it Captain Crunch to like RPG stat grind, and then there'd be like these mini games. So there was one about like a volcano, and you have to punch rocks, and then there was one where you're racing a turtle on a skateboard. Okay. You don't remember that at all? I I don't remember this one actually. So you might be thinking of Check's Quest, which was built off of the Doom engine. And it was literally just a serviceable game that was good. Yeah, because I remember, I remember playing that and walking around and getting the things. And it being, like, it really creeping me out because I remember I had played Doom. And so, like, this is basically Doom but with different colors. And I was like, where are the monsters that are going to try and kill me and drag me to hell? Where so those- have you seen, there's a mod for the game that adds in, like, Doom weapons and blood and gore. But you're still fighting, like, the Chex monsters. Oh, really? So it's the what same, like, goofy green aliens. Doom with but- Chex Quest 3? There's, there's more than... One yeah, there's three quest. of them. Yeah. Actually, so they just did an angry video game episode about this like a month ago. So I recommend everyone look up Angry Video Game Nerd and watch his <laughs> Jack's Quest episode. <laughs> nice. It's just like the the idea today of like, oh, we made a game to, to sell our thing. And the games are they're so expensive and big and... and like, I was talking to my brother today about, like, oh, you know what would be funny is if we made this as a game, and it would be stupid, and, and it's just, like, if we actually did this legitimately, it would take a couple years to do. Like, it would not be worth the joke. So, I wanted to actually talk about this, because one of the things I'm excited about right now is Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned this, I think we played Overwatch the other week. Yeah, um, Call of Duty's coming out soon, but the beta's going on, and... What, as as much fun as Call of Duty is, this, this uh, new Modern Warfare is good. Um, I can't help but think the fact that Duty Calls is still like just as relevant. Do you remember Duty Calls? I do not. So, when did that come out? I feel like this should have aged by now, but for some reason, it's like just as funny. Oh, oh, I remember that now. Yeah, we talked about that. that was um that spoof thing. That, uh, what was it, People Can Fly, maybe? No, okay, so this is 2011. Wow. Oh, shit. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> the logo, <laughs> Duty Calls, the calm before the storm. Um, this, who made this? I think you... So this was made by the guys that, this was part of the promotion for Bulletstorm? Yeah, okay, so it was People Can Fly. I was, I was right. Oh, is that the name of the studio? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, they also Bullet did that Storm really is that old now. Holy fuck! Yeah, they also did that amazing parody of the Halo promo with the museum. Mm. Do you remember that? That I don't know if I saw, which is weird because I was like pretty all about Bulletstorm when it came out. So, do you remember the Halo Three? Um, it was like a museum of like a little diorama of the miniatures, like fighting the war. Oh, and yeah. this was like after and, the fight was finished, kind of the then, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, m- I remember all this now, yeah. So, they did a... 
they did a bullet storm version of that <laughs> where it showcases like it literally shows off parts of the game very well like there's a part where someone's being kicked into a giant cactus yeah and someone's um, like getting kicked in the nuts or something too right yeah it's goofy and like one of the characters was like throwing up but it's got the exact same like tone of that super serious halo ad <laughs> This they used as like an official ad for this game, I think. Yeah, the Which marketing fucking, on that game was great. Yeah, I hope I don't know how well it actually did. Like, if anybody it really did, cared, it was a bad game. No, it, was it wasn't. Awful. I hated it. Bulletstorm was great. I hated it. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I I I, I really did not. So it felt dude, so good to shoot stuff, and the level design was great. Okay. <laughs> my point is, Duty Calls is the best thing ever because it's still relevant. Sure. Um, It literally just parodies every Call of Duty where it's like there's an overhead map and the guy's talking about how war, war never changes. But this time, war has changed. And it's like, there's like a part where everything slows down and you can like just bullet time shoot a guy that's like, he's like, oh no, I have slowed down. And you shoot him and he explodes and. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just watching it and it's making me laugh again. But it's still, that's what Call of Duty is. Um, The bullet fire sound is just someone going bang every time. So, you're legitimately excited for the new one, though. It's fun. It is good. But it is more of the same. Sure. But, you know, are they, are they still doing those every year, or are they on an every other year now? It's No, it's been annual, and I've, I've skipped the last three. Okay. But this one, they're not putting in, like, the robots, and the tryhard story, and the, um, the, <laughs> like, wall running, and double jumps, and... It's like a back to basics. I can't remember what the last game I played that was like that, where everyone's like, oh man, this new one sucks. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, if you play it every year, that happens. But if you wait like four years, you're like, you know what? I'll get the new one because it's been a while. And it's like, oh, this is exactly what I want. I don't remember what it was, but I, I had that experience like four years ago. And this is a bad story because there's, just, I'm there's sorry. nothing to it. I just... forgot the rank up. Every single time you you kill someone, you level up. It's like the, he shoots the guy and says, "Rank up, master sergeant, shooter sergeant, important person of sergeant extreme." <laughs> and you shoot this guy. I wish I could be sergeant extreme. <laughs> when you get hit once, the screen gets all bloody, and it says, "Bloody screen, so real." Oh, rank up, sergeant of the master sergeant, most important person of extreme sergeant to the max, ax, ax, Oh, yeah. This is so... It's sad how perfect this is. I love at the end, you stop the terrorist by telling him to stop. And then your character just puts up two thumbs up and little American flags like raise up as if your thumbs are flagpoles and fireworks shoot off. Uh, did, I love parody. They put a lot of work into that. It, yeah, they put a lot of work into it. It's very simple. You know, I, I, my my understanding is this was made by like two guys and you know a couple weekends, 
which I is suppose they probably had a lot of like the sound assets or they and the ones they, they didn't oh, yeah. have they just made and were like bang bang you know they they had I mean they had the tools to put it together effectively mm-hmm. but it's also kind of frustrating that people enjoyed that I think I think Duty Calls has a better Metacritic than Bulletstorm. Um, now you didn't have to pay money for Duty Calls, and it's a funny joke, so of course it's gonna be like well received. Sure. Um, I remember people not liking Bulletstorm's like writing and humor because it was vulgar and stupid. Like that, I get, and also well, you know what's weird? With I, I feel like though I'll kill your dick. I feel like of all the things to like, that's not even worth complaining about. I just remember it not looking good. It was like ugly. Maybe I, everything was like brown and orange. Yeah, there was a lot of brown. There was at one point there was like a robot T Rex that you had to like kill. Though that was pretty cool. It was very arcadey, and so it was all about like racking up points and trying to kill people in the most weird way possible and chaining it together so you could unlock more things and it, getting through the level it was, it was almost like sonic like you're trying to get through the level really fast you're trying to get a bunch of points and you don't want to get hurt because it's going to ruin the momentum and so it's yeah, definitely you know, a different kind of shooter that might be bullet storm's problem maybe if it was released at any other time because I, I actually what i what i kind of wanted to talk about tonight was how i'm really tired of these rpg elements everywhere okay which like uh, call of duty 4 modern warfare like really popularized shoehorning in RPG progression into literally any other genre. Like, that was the turning point where now everything levels up. See, I've, I've always kind of been under the impression that I, I, I don't play enough video games to say this for sure, but, like, I like a level-up system in a game. I don't like strict RPGs anymore. I don't have the patience or the time for them. But I, I do like that, that sense of progression when your number goes up one. Or you can, like, get a new weapon or all that stuff. So there, I'd like some level of mechanics in games. But I, I don't... I think they can be executed correctly. Yeah. But I mean, there's, I like, a weird... A uh, um, there, there's just, like, weird time-gating that doesn't mean anything. And it baffles me sometimes. Sure. Um, I really hate... Well, like, there, there have been some bad Call of Duty games where when you get to level... 19, you get the one perk that lets you just win every match. Yeah. You know, it's like there's stuff where it's not balanced correctly. Um, I know one game, they, they tried to balance it, and so they did it opposite. You start with practically the best guns, and by level 5 you do get all the best guns, and after that it's like, you get worse guns and the intent is that you can like fine-tune your performance, but realistically no one uses anything that's past level sure. 5. And it's just, it was weird. It was like, why would you design your game this way? Like, what's the point of leveling at all? I kind of like the idea, if there is a way to do it, where you start off really strong and you get weaker and weaker as you go. And so it just becomes harder to kill. And, like, using that as, like, a weird version of, uh, like, a skill cap or whatever. So I like, uh, they do that in um, God Hand. You ever play God Hand? I did not. Yeah, no one did. Yeah, that, I remember the name of that game because most people, I think, really didn't like it or were just like, what the fuck is God Hand? Yeah, most people didn't know about it. Um, It's from my favorite game studio. <laughs> it bugs me that like they don't do stuff anymore. But uh, 
yeah, God Hand had a system where it wasn't strictly a level, like it would it would refer to leveling up, but basically the better you're doing against the the enemies you fight, they will fight back harder. Okay. And it's not like they just do more damage. It's like all of a sudden they're using moves or combos that you weren't expecting. Or they start using strategies where they will actually like teamwork against you. And you have to literally like grovel and beg that they'll go easier on you to level yourself down if you can't do it. That's kind of interesting. It is interesting. Problem with, with that is like game design is getting stronger is more fun than getting weaker. Like, getting weaker as a progression is not something people are really going to want to do. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like you're getting weaker. It feels like you're being outplayed. Okay. And it feels like, oh, this person actually, they can actually block. I'm going to have to think about what I do next time. Okay. Or, oh, I have to mix up my combo. Like, I can't just keep mashing the A button. I have to actually, like, do a roll around thing to their side and then kick them here. And it gets complicated. Sure. I feel like, uh, I think the Souls games have pretty good progression. Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like you're mostly given the equipment that you need to progress, and you are rewarded as you go through, and you face, like, greater challenges, but it's also relatively consistent. I think the the thing that helps with the Souls games is that they give you a fairly wide variety of tools to get through the area. And so if your current weapon isn't working, you can level up another weapon real quick, dump some souls into it, and then maybe that'll work better. You can like, oh, maybe I should go invest in a couple pyromancy so I can have a ranged attack. Maybe that'll make me this encounter easier. Or I can use a shield and, and change my armor up a little bit. So I remember like fighting the dancer who's one of the, the big guy that, that swings the sword around, and as you go, the level starts catching on fire. I think it's the answer that if you have a shield, that fight is a lot easier. Or no, it's not the answer, it's, um, was it Pontiff? I can't remember. They're, I'm, I'm not my brother, but there's there's a fight that's like really hard, and if you use a shield, it actually makes it quite a bit easier, and it's like, okay, like this is like the puzzle element of this fight, is that if I use this weapon setup, and I'm, I'm a little more quick of foot. I can kind of get behind him and block attacks and then slash and, and go from there. Um, and I remember when I was fighting Gale, who's the, the, the DLC boss, the, the final boss of the, the second DLC. And I ended up using that same, uh, in, that same uh, I guess, encounter, the, the, the uh, strategy uh, on his second phase. And it made it manageable, and I was actually able to beat him. And my brother was like, oh, I never tried that. Like, I, I kept trying to just get better with the weapon I had. I didn't think of, like, oh, I should switch my uh, my equipment around for that phase. And I feel like I, I, you know, I figured it out, and I beat it, you know, in the right way or whatever. And it was, it was good. You should feel good. I think that's the most important part. Yeah. Which is weird because Dark Souls, like, it has that reputation of, like, making you not want to feel good, but really it's about overcoming that. Like, it's such a strange tone to that game. So I think the opposite of that is, um, Borderlands. I I really hate those games. 
Oh, I was going to say, is it just the new one or the, the series in general? I, uh, so I, I think the only one I tried seriously was two. Okay. And what's weird is I'm pretty sure two is like the best one from what I hear. I remember really liking two. I, I got so tired of the cycle. I, I got to a point where like you get your vehicle, you got weapons, you got talent trees to load out. Basically, it feels like you have all the tools you need to play the game. And it's like, okay, I'm finally out of the tutorial. I can play the game. And I went somewhere, and there's like a cave with guys in it. And then there's like a thing over here. And I found a hideout, and I fought the guys. And there's a mission. And then I I found the boss, and I beat the boss. And I got a cool weapon. It's like, okay, cool. And then I kept going. And then there were guys where instead of having yellow hats, they had blue hats. And I had my sniper rifle, and I shot one of the guys with a blue hat. And I got a headshot. And it was like three damage because he's like a higher level. Yeah. And it took all the fun out of the game completely. Like, I literally could not force myself to play it anymore. Which is weird because you play a lot of MMOs, and I feel like that gameplay loop is in those games. Well, it is, but in an MMO, you're not lining up a shot. You're, you have, like, RPG stats, and you're comparing them. And it's like, okay, I have a strength of 63, and that enemy has a defense of 100. I, I can't fight that. But when I'm playing a shooter and I'm taking the time to line up my shot and shoot, it's not satisfying to get a headshot and it doesn't affect someone. That's true. I can see that. So this is where I hate like RPG elements being forced everywhere. Where it's like it's not fun to just arbitrarily see a level 5 enemy and then a level 13 enemy and a level 13 enemy cannot be affected by level 5 bullets. Sure. I guess I'm thinking more of like, it's funny because I never actually played the Destiny games, but like you can level up your gun, and I think that's cool. Like I'm surprised yeah, no I other mean, game had done that first. Well, I mean Warframe did. Oh yeah. Um. Which one now came in Destiny, first? <laughs> Destiny, I don't like the leveling experience. But I enjoyed the story, and it was also paced in a way where it didn't give you like an open world where you can stumble upon things that are too strong for you. It would, it would put you in a level that you're equipped to finish. Okay, sure. So even though there's the progress element to it, it kind of felt more like a Halo level where you're going to be put in a level, and there's a mission, and you finish the mission. Yeah. So like, there's never that road bump that ruins the fun. I just I didn't care that I got a level 13 gun with my level 13 bullets. I guess that's fair. I'm trying to think of other games that have RPG elements in a, in a way that I guess I wouldn't like. Um, but any, even like some kind of like hack and slash game where they show up, it's usually fine. And I think it, it's largely dependent on the gameplay loop and like the mindset you go in. Like I like the Borderlands games, but I also know what they are. And also... I've never played one solo. Like, to me, that's a, a vessel for couch co-op. And they're a lot more fun when you have two people, and you're like, oh, that guy's a higher level than us, but maybe we can kill him with some strategy, and, you know, he'll drop really good guns, and we'll have to, like, argue who gets the new gun. And that's fun to me. But I don't think I could have ever finished those games just by myself, because I feel like some things just have, like, too much health, and I it, it, it's long, and it's big, and I just don't care. 
So Warcraft's gonna put in a thing where you can like scale your level down. Yeah, I think you mentioned this once because that's what Guild Wars did. Yeah, <clears throat> and I they like they tweeted it out like there's a new feature coming next month. There's a thing you can do the thing, and all the comments are like so. Um, there's so much confusion. Everybody interprets this entirely differently. Oh yeah. Because uh, for some people, um, they literally pay attention to every single number, and the idea of dealing one digit higher is like more important to them. And it's like, it's it's strange to me that like they can say something like, "You can play with your level thirty friend," um, so that way you can play together, and then the response is, uh, um, "Why would I do that to myself?" <laughs> and it's like you're asking why you would play with a friend like like they're literally they're so upset of the idea of their fireball doing 12 damage instead of 500 damage if they don't see that 500 number why even log in yeah and it's um to be fair weird. to them world of warcraft has conditioned that mindset since its inception i've never felt that way though i literally cannot tell you how much damage one of my attacks does really I cannot tell you I I literally I base everything off of percentages and I when I get into a group of 20 I want to make sure I'm doing at least 13% of the damage sure and um like I have a set rotation so I make sure that my rotation is being executed correctly yeah so there's so many numbers on the screen. I'm not going to notice which of those numbers is my fireball that critical hit. And so what happened was uh, in Mississippi there's actually a point where the numbers were getting too big and the server was having trouble calculating everything and it was literally generating lag because it's like <laughs> there's so many like buffs that overlap that healing <laughs> if you if you had two druids in your group and both the druids cast a heal over time spell on the entire party. And one of them had uh, like a haste buff and an in, uh, intelligence buff. And the other one had a trinket on at the same time. And it was calculating like percentages off of millions of heal points. It was like taking the server too long and literally slowing the game down. That's funny. So they rolled back the numbers. They like scaled everything down so that instead of dealing five or like, I guess there was a critical hit that could deal a million damage. So they changed it. So that same critical hit will do 10,000 damage and everything's proportionally lowered. So from a percentage point standpoint, literally nothing changes. And from a raw data standpoint, everything's cut down to manageable numbers. And there's people that literally, like, unsubbed because their whole point was to reach a million damage per attack. And so if they're not going to see the number a million show up on their screen, they don't want to play anymore. And it that struck me odd because I played for, like, story and adventure. Sure. And it's <laughs> it's weird that uh, it's kind of like if they, if they change Dungeons & Dragons so you use a six-sided die, I wouldn't throw a fit that I'm never going to see the number 20 again. Yeah, because it's not about that. If if the game's designed to be fun, I'm just I'm seeing single digits instead of double digits. M my mind doesn't go there, but for some people 
who have like the 20 tattooed on their arm. That's the only reason they play D&D is for getting those 20s. It's funny though cuz I do remember like towards the end of when I was playing that I was it was really fun to see the number go up like my crit number. And it's like, "Oh man, I got a crit for like almost 10,000 damage. That's fucking crazy." And I had to like, you know, the stars had to align for that to happen in terms of buffs and my rotation being executed properly. But it felt so cool to see that and you know and having played since level one to that and having played since burning crusade where the numbers were a lot smaller i guess it never occurred to me that like that would keep happening until it would literally become a a math issue for the game but uh but it's also like it doesn't mean anything like i i can understand the fun of seeing like a million damage but it's weird when the screen is full of uh twenty thousand twenty thousand but not just round numbers. It's like 23,389, 23,387, Where it's just like, there's so much to look at. I don't know that any of this means anything. Well, I feel like when you crit, isn't the number bigger and also in like a different color font? Uh, maybe. I think I feel so. Like, I think it's yellow when you crit and it's bigger. And so there is... You, whether you're taking like a complete notice of that number or not, you do notice when it's bigger because it literally is. And so there, there is, and that's just part of game design, right? If you're going to show numbers, you want people to feel better. You make the freaking numbers bigger when they when you do better. But as a you know as a feral druid, where I'm getting behind people and and I'm using my version of backstab, which I think is called like okay, ravage or something. And, and doing that over and over, getting like three in a row because I, I balanced my cooldowns properly and, and all of them critting and uh, it being like a really big number and you're just like, fuck yeah, just fuck that thing up. They got rid of backstabs. Really? Yeah. Every time you talk about World of Warcraft now, is they remove something else and it just sounds worse. It is. You should play Final Fantasy with me. It's funny, Um, I was listening to a different podcast this week and they were talking about Classic WoW and the the person was like, it's so much more fun, but also like everything's harder because it's classic WoW. But people are really ni- are much nicer because you almost have to be because it's so hard. And so it's like, oh, do you need help with this quest? Because I did when I was doing it. I can help you real quick, you know. Like, and there's a lot more. There's a bigger sense of adventure and camaraderie that current WoW doesn't have because everything's basically given to you. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to me that Classic WoW, when it first came out, was the easy baby MMOs for idiots. Right, because it was all Korean MMOs, which were... Well, even the Western ones, really they, were, they were difficult. They were punishing. And the whole like spin on WoW was like, well, what if we make a casual MMO for babies that don't want to play hard MMOs? And that's what, like, you'd get teased for playing, oh, yeah, the colorful baby cartoon MMO. I'm going to play a real one over here they're doing the runescape or whatever. Yeah. And it's funny that like, there's all these, <laughs> there's all these like babies that grew up on Warcraft and they're like, I'm going to go back to when it was hard when I had to like actually farm for mats. And they're, they have this like elitism that is like so funny to me. It's like that. Uh, you've seen that picture where there's like a little puppy that got um like a wolf puppy that got shot with an arrow. And then there's like the adult puppy that has like, or the wolf that has, like, 50 arrows in it. I don't know if I've seen that one. Really? Wow. I'm sorry. So. I'm a bad friend. You are. 
Wolf Arrow puppy <laughs> dead? Google. I feel like that, there's always going to be that elitism. The thing I do is harder. The thing I do is more fun. The thing I do is cooler. Like, oh yeah, I mean, just... I, I, so, so this is the funny thing. There's an elitism about playing retail WoW. <laughs> yeah, but it comes from how like uh, it, it because it goes faster and there's more spells. Um, it like the, I guess the argument is that. Because WoW Classic is, like, so slow that you have time to think about what you're doing and you don't need, like, muscle memory or something. Sure. And it's like, I can't find that wolf picture. This is amazing. Maybe it doesn't exist. Um, It's a, it's amazing to me how, like, anybody can twist anything into how they're better than everyone else. Yeah. Which I guess, let me bring that back to the, talking about, like, RPG elements and stuff. I really hate the idea that someone's like level is higher. That that means they're better. Okay. Um, I feel I'm... like th- there's a time and a place for that kind of level progression thing, but I I like when video games reward skill, and when a a game like Destiny, like the raids are challenging, but basically if you have a lot of time, you can get your item level up. Okay. And when someone else who is maybe better at video games just like starts fresh and then they can't keep up, that's strange to me. Yeah, it, I mean it, it's frustrating because it, it's it's definitely like an artificial like uh, progression because you're just you're just tweaking numbers. It, nothing means anything other than your number went up. And when you reduce a game down to that, it sucks. Like th- there's a reason why I don't like playing a lot of turn-based RPGs because. I say, oh, this encounter is too hard. I don't do enough damage. I need to grind ten levels, and then he'll do less damage to me, and I'll do more damage to him, and I will win. And that's how I'll beat the boss. And that's not fun to me. That doesn't it doesn't mean anything when it's that transparent that the levels are just numbers. I love <laughs> we use the word artificial there. Did you see the new Yakuza game? Uh, no, but I heard good things about it. So the premise is one of the characters just really likes Dragon Quest. And then they like they get a phone call that they have to go do some Yakuza business. And so the whole the whole story is told from his perspective of fantasizing that they're in an, a Dragon Quest RPG. Oh, that's amazing. So like it's turn-based and there's like summons and fireballs and stuff, but it's literally it's in his imagination. So it's a lot like that South Park game. Oh, sure. And, like, did you see the summon animation? I did not. He, <laughs> the summoning works, but he pulls out a phone and, like, does, like, a sigil on his phone, like, he's just, because he's dialing someone. But then, like, a lobster shows up, and it's, like, it turns into, like, a samurai movie where the lobsters, like, attack the guy. And it's so, like, overly dramatic and stuff, and it's, like, that kind of charm that the Yakuza games have. Yeah. But it's also, like, what, what makes me laugh is, like, this is upsetting people because it's not serious enough. <laughs> I thought the Yakuza games were fucking stupid, and that was the whole yes. point of playing them. That's the thing. That's what these are, games are. And it's, like, I, I don't know how they're taking it in Japan, but, like, a lot of uh, a lot of American people I know, they're all, like, uppity about it. And it's, like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's stupid. Uh... I don't know why... It- it's funny, like, I feel like there's a certain level of, like, we want we want games to be serious, have serious stories, but it's like, yeah, but most of the writing in games is terrible. So let, 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 let's just have fun. 
kill some giant insects and earth defense force. Yeah, you know, so this is a little off the topic a bit, but have you been following Death Stranding much? Not really. Part of me is just, I don't know what to take away from the stuff I do know. And so I'm just going to wait till it's out and I know how long it is. And if it's not like unbearably long, I'll get it and probably enjoy it because it seems like it's cool. But if it's unbearably long, I'm just going to fucking ignore it. Um, uh, Kojima said that the game will have like a movie watching difficulty where it's like it's so painfully easy that you can't lose. And that started that classic journalist debate about how all games should be so easy you can't lose. And then, no game should be so easy you can't lose. And <laughs> I really, I love the idea of people arguing over which way we should censor games and tell people how to do their projects. Well, that, I'm watching this Yakuza Summon and it's it's pretty amazing. It's great, I love like it. Like, that, 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 that lobster just fucked that guy up. Yes. So, to me, when it comes, the idea of, like, can't lose is, it really depends on the game. And, and what you're playing the game for like so my game land of glass is difficult and i've actually like been trying to play the dlc and i and i missed a part and i could not progress because i wasn't strong enough i have to go buy some items and i was like oh man this literally game design i don't really like but i also completely forgot that we did this and if you're playing it without taking giant breaks it'll be fine um but that game is very narrative driven i you know there's a lot of story that i wrote for that game so the idea of there not being an easy mode to me would be kind of, again, it would go against the, the thesis of the game where it's like, no, you're playing this RPG to get a story and to play a card game. But And so I'm fine with like an easy mode and stuff like with really narrative-driven games or really spectacle-driven games because you're there for a reason that isn't entirely gameplay. Uh, but for something harder where like, or... or arcadey or something like that where like the challenge is kind of the built into the fun and like oh i'll keep trying i'll keep trying maybe i'll win or i'll come back and i'll use a different setup because there's a puzzle aspect to it i don't mind those games being hard uh but also if there's easy mode in every game i don't give a shit because i'm probably not going to use it and but if other people do let them i just sincerely hate anyone uh literally just censoring the work of others I don't. I don't think. It, it depends on how you how you define this as censoring, though, because you're making it easier to see the thing they made. Well, uh, in a way, but you have to think about things where maybe what you're seeing. Okay, let's take. Uh, I think we talked about Sekiro before. Yes. There's like so little story in that game. I feel like the only thing anyone walks away from that game thinking about is how cool a boss fight was. Sure. So if there was a mode where you just you don't take damage and you have to hit the boss a couple times and they'll die, you're not going to have any experience out of that game. That is the worst game of the year. And I feel like that's one of those the game, games where... It's so, specifically designed in a way where the gameplay is what you're buying the game for. Right, and it, the that's gameplay that is, is designed to be very hard because that's the kind of game they wanted to make. So... Like when, when Hideo Kojima says, my game will have an easy mode. So if you want to just see the story, you can do that. Hideo Kojima is the only person allowed to say that for Death Stranding. Yeah. The same way that Mega somewhere. Man 10 has an easy mode where there's no pits. So you can't fall. 
the director of Mega Man 10 is the only person allowed to say that should be in there. So it really bugs me when people get uh, they get all uppity about how every game shouldn't have pits in it. Or all games should have pits in it. And it's like, no. Like, oh, you know what? A good example. Um, what does the, the movie watcher difficulty of Bejeweled look like? <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's one of the... It's dependent. I think part of the problem is that when you look at like the internet argument, it, it doesn't become the one specific thing that has a lot of different contexts around it. It becomes all games on all platforms for all time, because no one's allowed to like have a conversation online that involves just I don't know not being a hyperbolic asshole. Right, but that's it's not even the conversations. Like that's the title of the article on Kotaku. You know. It starts the conversation at that level. It's bizarre. Yes, Kotaku sucks. Well, everything does. Are there any good news outlets for video game coverage? No. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> the thing is, I'm at a point where I don't really care, right? Like, if stuff surprises, like, I didn't know Gears of War was coming out until, like, four days ago. <laughs> to, okay, to be fair, I follow video games, and I didn't know that either. So, yeah... I, I follow, like, one gaming podcast now, maybe two if I get around to Meg64 every week. And so, that's all I need for video game news. It's like, what are they playing? What are they excited for? There's not going to be a lot of overlap, but they're fun. Like, podcasts to listen to. And then when there is overlap, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised. This is good. I, I know I can go get a thing now. Like, Platinum released a game recently, and I totally forgot about it, and it's out. And people are liking it, or at least the, the podcast I listen to. It's like, oh, maybe I should go get that. I like Platinum. But I'm fine with that being how I learn about games now instead of being like on IGN for two hours a day. This is a waste of time. Astral Chain's really good. Um, You just said something that reminded me of something. What was it? Waste Tell me. Of time? No, before that. Uh, podcasts are fun. No, they're not. They're awful. Oh, man. Don't let our audience know. Um, This is awful. I'm having a huge just brain fart right now. Well, what else did I say? Uh, <laughs> I'm, to- I'm totally fine with not being like in the loop. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's also kind of, it's this weird uh, time where there's such an oversaturation of content, period. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, there's a video game coming out next week that... I think like five months ago, I saw a trailer for it, and I was like, "Oh, I want to play that." And there is zero time for that right now. Yeah, like I got um, Call of Duty's coming out soon. Um, there's a new update in Final Fantasy. There's gonna be an update in WoW. Uh, Astral Chain just came out. River City Girls just came out. I'm kind of set for the rest of the year. Yeah, like I do not need anything else at all. Oh, uh, River City Girls. So I was playing it. I'm having fun. And, you know, like, uh, did you ever play River City Ransom? No. Like, when you when you hit guys, like, they drop coins everywhere. It's this, okay. like, iconic thing about it. And um, and it's just, it's kind of fun hitting guys and coins fly everywhere. It just, like, feels like a arcade game like they used to be. And I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. And then I leveled up and I got angry and turned off the game. <laughs> 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 it, 
took all the fun out of it. I had this immediate idea that I'm going to get a boss where I can't hurt them, so I have to go back and grind because there's an overworld map, and it's oh, like, no. I hate this so much. It ruins everything. I wonder what the next um, Naughty Dog game is going to be. Oh, it's probably going to be Last of Us 2. Yeah, but after that... I'm, I'm, that, that's one of those games where, like, I'd be willing to play that on an easier mode because, to me, the gameplay is not really why I'm there. It's to get this, you know, interactive narrative experience that only they're going to be able to deliver in the way they do. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Oh, so, another, another classic game that brought up this debate was uh, Cuphead. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a weird one because... I feel like if they put in like a baby mode where you can't lose, you're just looking at animation loops and you can do that on YouTube for free. I mean that that's that's kind of a big thing for a lot of these games, right? Is there are there are YouTubers that will play a game but really not talk at all. So it's like, "Oh, you can watch this and get the story so you don't have to play it." Yeah, to some extent. And so I get with um with something like uh Uncharted 4 there's a lot of sequences of um, walking around and talking and interacting with the world and you got to shoot the bad guys, but also it's like you can't lose and it's fine yeah. because narratively you're not supposed to lose. Right. It's not, this isn't dark souls. It's not setting up a tremendous uh, task to overcome. It's setting up a neat sequence for action adventure and you want to see it through, and it's cool to watch along the way in an interactive way. Like, that game is very much not a movie. It is a video game, but it's not Dark Souls. Well, and I don't think anyone me. complained about that. Yeah. I, I, the idea of, like... I don't know. It reminds me of Amnesia, The Dark Descent, where the game's really scary until you get to a bit where you start dying over and over, and then it's just frustrating. And it's just like, oh man, you know what sucks in, in in horror things is when people keep dying and then they have to start over. Except that worked alright in, in that Tom Cruise movie, but I don't know, the, the difficulty is such a weird thing to work with, especially if you're doing a very narrative-heavy game, because it's like, oh, I get to see this part again, because I died. I have to try this again, and it, it, it does start taking you out of the narrative, because now it is a gameplay thing that's in your way. And so I'm I'm really impressed with the way like the the Soulsborne games are designed where it's almost like this is the point you're going to die a lot but it's not going to get in the way of the story because the story is so embedded in just like the mythology of the world so you really have to be paying attention to find it anyways. Well, there's also like a lot of things that aren't answered. Yeah, that too. Like that's almost not even what the the story is about. And it's a uh... I heard an interesting story about the guy that made Demon Souls. Um, do you know why he writes that way? Uh, I do not. So when he was younger, he got a lot of books from England, and they were about like medieval like fantasy and medieval history, and he just loved reading these. But also, his English wasn't that great, and so there were a lot of words he just didn't understand. So it like it was very spotty and okay. mysterious. Just because he couldn't, he couldn't decipher all of the texts. That's kind of cute. And growing up with that, that's what inspired him to write Dark Souls the way he did. That's cool. 
which if you think about it, he succeeded because <laughs> it feels it. like you, you, you know, it's like you find this like lost lore of like of the Ashen King's lost ring. And like, that's the only sentence about that ring. And it's like, oh, is this important? <laughs> and you wonder about it, you know? Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, whatever. My point is I hate everything. Yeah, fuck everything. What, what makes it's, you happy? Nothing. Did you see a new Pokemon? They're awful. Oh, I saw that. Well, the new Pokemon have been awful for the last like four generations because they keep oh. making them. Yeah, I said it. I'll throw down. They evolved far-fetched. Wait, that thing someone sent me is a, an actual Pokemon. I thought that was be fan art. So you know how far-fetched is normal and flying? Yeah, and he's got like a sword now, and a shield. Now he's fighting type. The sword and the shield—that's real, right? Like, yeah, what, the far-fetched. Yes. Got Emily from the 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 friend of the com- podcast and the comics podcast sent me a picture of that his name is sire fetched and i thought i legitimately thought that was fan art um it was very interesting when they announced it because within hours there was so much fan art like a painful amount of fan art <laughs> within an hour you know pokemon's um, pretty popular and some artists are really good at what they do here, I sent you. I sent you a collection. I I really I don't like the design. I'm glad a lot of people are happy, but I'm not. I feel like this is the second or third Pokemon design from this gen that's I've been sent that I was like, oh, that's neat fan art, and then it's not. <sighs> Did you see the new Weezing? Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, it's that looks like a joke. It really does. Um, there was a joke one. Where it looked like a little British police hat. Did you see that? It's a joke one. It's not real. It's a, it was a joke one. I didn't see that, but um, let me. I gotta find it because it's kind of a visual gag. But what's weird is that in hindsight, this looks like a real Pokemon, given what we've been given so far. <laughs> There's a little bobby hat, and it evolves into a bobby hat with a a, a club. And it evolves into a full, like, British police officer. And the evolution change is, is, uh, well, well, what's all disden? That's really funny. It's funny, but it's also, like, oh, did this just leak? Like, this was clearly a joke. But I'm looking at some of the real ones coming out, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, like, if you 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 sent that to me and said that was real, I would have believed you. Yeah. Because, like, there's there's already weird... bipedal Pokemon that look like humans. That's not even a stretch. But also, they're stupid ones. Uh, like, do you remember the keys? The jingling keys? Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. And that shouldn't be. Remember when Mr. Mime and Jinx were the only two stupid Pokemon? Yeah. I still don't... I still don't know what Jinx even, like... I feel like they intentionally downplay Jinx. Yeah, Jinx was a mistake. Jinx was a mistake. I don't think Mr. Mime was necessarily a mistake, but it's also a, a weird outlier that has these, like, weird... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, have you seen that shot from the anime where he's eating dog food off the ground? No. <laughs> it's it's weird because the in the context, he's a Pokemon like everything else, but it's like he looks like a person and he, he uses a broom... And he could sit at a chair. Yeah. He's well-behaved. 
So it's weird because they have like Pikachu on the floor and they give him a dog food bowl and then they tell Mr. Mime to sit on the floor and they give him a dog food bowl. And it's like, I don't want to know what's going on in this house when Ash isn't around. Because yeah, Mr. That... Mime like fills his father role in a weird way that his mom seems okay with and then this happens. There's a lot to unpack in that picture. It's hard to look at. It's really not pleasant. And I feel like that would be the same with like a lot of the fight, like Hitmonlee, right? Like having Hitmonlee like kneel or sit on the ground and cross legged and be like, "Here's your dog food bowl." It's like I, I'm an MMA, you know, like I'm basically a boxer, MMA fighter kind of guy. Like I, I, but I can only say my name. But I, I look like a human, vaguely. I think all of the humanish Pokemon are kind of a mistake. I love um, Gardevoir is super creepy. Uh, I, I know that name. I know that Pokemon. I just can't remember what, which what, which one it is. It's um. It oh, starts off as like fucking weird flying thing that has like a dress that there's a shitload of weird porn for. Yeah. So the lore <laughs> is that like it develops a psychic bond with its trainer and becomes super loyal and obedient to him. Oh no! And what's great? Have you have you seen Mega Gardevoir? No. Is it just a really tall one? No, it it grows a wedding dress. Oh man, why? <laughs> because we have to we have to hone in on how like upsetting and creepy this is. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty weird. Um yeah, there's a there's a couple Pokemans like that. What about that berry one? Ah, uh, which I don't um, know if I know the berry one. Cherry? That's not it. Cherubi? Berry Pokemon. There's a, no. like maybe a couple? Oh, there's too many Pokemon Cherubi. now where it's, it's hard to find. Type. It is Cherubi. Number 420, apparently. That's nah, not the one I'm looking for, though. Oh. Bound Sweet? Okay. Bound Sweet. That might be it. Um, there it is. So, th- this is called, um, Sarina, where it's, like, there's this, like, cute little berry Pokemon, um, but then Sarina, it, it evolves, and it has these, like, weird boots. Oh, yeah. And it's very feminine looking. I don't know why. And I got paid what's, to make that. What's funny, too, is that when it evolves, it immediately learns the, the attack stomp. Oh, yeah, we've, I think we've talked about this one before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where it's, it's so deliberate. Um, uh, we're off track again. That's okay. We're, we're at like 50 some minutes in. Actually, we're at an hour. We could wrap up if you want. I think we could. Do you have a glad space? Um, yeah, I guess I got, I was trying to think of a couple of things I could do. And the, the most glad I really felt this, this week is I had a, a guy buy my album and he left like a, a user review and he compared it to John Carpenter and Cannibal Corpse and I was just like man that's the nicest thing like anyone's really ever said to be or at least a stranger like that made me feel really good for like two days which is good because it's been a really really long rough week of not enough sleep that's so that, nice that maybe uh, that was a good one what, what about you no you sure I mean there's got to be something what about all those fun thoughts about jumping off the roof? Those, those are yours. Those are mine. Never mind. I I feel like... Uh, whoa, what in the world? 
Pokemon. What weird thing did you find now? I'm looking at this berry Pokemon. Maybe Pokemon's my glad space. Oh, it's the old E621. Oh, jeez, this... I don't... <laughs> I'm not there's really like, sure what I'm looking at here. There's, there's Christmas lights involved. Yep, yep, they're they're going in places. I was more looking at her stomach that look because it it's not like a normal stomach it, it, unless there's something shoved up there and it's supposed to be bulging out. Oh, there's there's something going on there. A little bit lower. No, there no, I is. see that too. But I was like, her her stomach looks like a boob. That's weird to me. What is this tagged with? Abdominal bulge. <laughs> is it really? That's the first general tag. <laughs> oh. It was funny. There was a, a big thread on, on Reset Era right now about who, the who's best pony. And some people are like, you know, really upset. Like, I can't believe there's a creepy adult who liked this show. And someone else is like, oh, I mean, there's people who like Transformers that are adults. You, you're not yelling at them. And he's like, Let's, you can't compare the two. No one was creepy for Transformers. And it's like, bitch, you think I can't find you Transformers porn? <laughs> Is that a challenge? Because <laughs> I can guarantee I can find you Transformers porn. Uh, Hell, I'm going to type that in right now while we have this open. Well, my favorite is like the the dinosaurs on cars. Oh, yeah. Where I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that started as a joke, but there's people that are sincerely like, that's the thing. Um, I told you about the guy with the Wonder Bread, right? Um... I'm not sure. So that's a <laughs> that's a classic. Okay, you know what? Wonder Bread is my glad space. Okay. There's oh, a guy sure. who just he has a thing for blonde women that throw money around and eat sandwiches. Oh, this is familiar. And so he commissions art of just women like buying Wonder Bread at the store. Or like or deforestation or filling Humvees with gas. <laughs> it's like it and it's not like gross, like they're fully clothed and everything. It's just they have to be blonde and they have to be buying Wonder Bread. <laughs> um, there is like so much of this, and what's weird is that people will complain about this guy. Like I was approached by somebody who you wouldn't believe what he wanted me to draw. It was just the, the lady buying Wonder Bread. I'm not gonna do that. And and then people will comment and say, I know that guy, he, he approached me. And it's like, this isn't even that bad. No, I mean, like, I can't just... imagine. I don't know why this would offend you if you're like, oh man, I draw weird furry porn and I'm, I've seen so much stuff. And this guy just wanted to be able to draw someone buying bread. And I was like, no, that's too vanilla. <laughs> so... <laughs> this is These are really funny pictures, though. So, um, so I've told this story on Final Fantasy. Because um, sometimes, like, you know my sense of humor. You know what it's yeah. like to be a friend of Cameron. <laughs> I do. It's delightful. So the people in Final Fantasy know that, too. And so somebody came to me once, and they said, uh, Cameron, will you tell us a story? And I said, <laughs> have I ever told you the story about the blonde women that buy Wonder Bread? And they're like, no. And so I, have like, went on this whole thing. I told them the whole history. And they all regaled around the campfire as I regaled this and risked being sent to, <laughs> to... I was saying this like publicly in the housing district, so if someone was upset by anything I said, I could have been reported. <laughs> but it was just, we're out by the campfire and I'm just telling the story. And then 
<laughs> so I started drawing some people in the Final Fantasy Guild buying Wonder Bread. Nice. And uh, and so they just they just love it. Um, I <laughs> uh, that you know this just happened the other night too. What was it? Um, if I scroll up a little bit, I bet I'll find it. Okay, Here. now I remember. Um, I think I told the story on the show, so I won't repeat the whole thing. But someone came to me and said, uh, Cameron, uh, I want to kill myself. Will you tell me a story that motivates me to do it? <laughs> and I said, have I ever told you about the Star Trek Museum and the tragedy of the of the Second Life Star Trek Museum? <laughs> 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 and I, I recalled everyone with that whole story with pictures and everything. And it was like the one person asked for a story, but other people are coming to the chat and they're just like, wow. Oh, oh, <laughs> I've told you that story, right? I think, I, yeah, you've told me that story. Yeah, See, to me, classic. that story isn't a story that would make me want to kill myself because it's just like, God, there's so many weird things that go on. Don't you want to be alive to, to just be revolted by them? <laughs> And I love, I framed it like it was a ghost story. Like I implied that she's still there and she oh, still nice. bans people on site to this very day. The Wonder Bird thing, I think that it was, there's something similar about that where the guy who like wanted to draw his OC turning into a cactus from Final Fantasy. Okay. And he couldn't get anybody to do it. So he just started drawing it himself. And eventually he got like really good at drawing this transformation over the course of like a couple of years. And I, and there's like a handful of other people with that same fetish that are just like, Hey, can you draw my OC tra- transforming into the cactus from final fantasy? That just like became his thing. Yeah, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Like that Charizard guy that turns into a Charizard. Yeah. What is, what is it with like, it's either white ladies and bread or transforming. I think there's other things, too. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> I just... I love the idea of, um... You know how everyone makes fun of Tarantino for, like, sneaking feet into his movies? Yep. I'd love it if someone looked back and realized, wait a minute, all of Steven Spielberg's movies have a lot of Wonder Bread in them. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I was reading this thing online <laughs> about a guy... God, if it was Steven Spielberg, that'd be so funny. Remember when Jaws came up, so they threw the Wonder Bread to him? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was there all along. I would pay Neil Breen so much money to start adding Wonder Bread into his movies. Man, uh, so guess where Neil Breen is right now? Not in my heart, because I haven't seen his new movie yet. He's streaming, or he's not streaming it. He's literally screening it in in Paris right now. (laughs) Jesus, really? Twisted Pear is playing in a theater in Paris. Like wow. this this weekend, next weekend. You know, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> I can't even be mad. This is a, this is a writer group I'm in, and this one guy attended a, a convention with agents and publishing houses, and he had to pay a lot of money to get there. But he he had like a bunch of people request stuff because there's pitches, you know, pitches and stuff like that. And I'm mostly bitter at him for doing that because he's making more progress as far as like being a professional writer than I am. But good for Neil Breen. Like I, I can't, I can't be mad at him. I just want to pinch his little cheeks. Be like, you hacker, you and your tuna fish. I'm a little bit afraid of him at this point. Like that he might eat people, or like I, I'm almost afraid that the more 
like support he gets for his filmmaking, the more people or more he'll think that people agree with his philosophy. Because mm. I feel like he has some very poor interpretations of reality. <laughs> That's fair. Because some of the things that come across in his films are poor filmmaking, and some of the things that come across are genuinely him Yo. and good filmmaking to represent it. And that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he actually wants to, like, bring down the government, maybe. Or just a weird... Like, it. it's so directionless that I feel like it's shorthand for, like, oh, this is how movies are done. But sometimes it's, like, it's so violent that, every, you know, I killed a third of the population of humanity to stop all crime. And it's, like, that's kind of a Hitler thing to do. Yeah. Or, or the weird, like... I guess that was almost like uh, four sex in the one, the new movie. Then it turned out to be like a joke later on, but just like, you know, the. So I found that clip online so I can show it to you. Yeah. Wonderful. Hey, everybody, we're still going with this podcast and we got We got to look at something real weird next. (laughs) So I hope you all sleep tight. You cuddle into your, your, um, your beds there. Go ahead. Write opinions are cheap at gmail.com. And tell us what Pokemon you'd transform into. Yeah. Go listen to my album. It's free. Follow the witch. Anonym.bandcamp.com. It should be on Spotify by the time this goes up. Also, um... uh, That should be on the Facebook page, right? A link? Maybe. So if you have Facebook, and you find Opinions Are Cheap on Facebook, and the link is up, you can just click that instead of typing. Typing for losers. Maybe just look up Follow the Witch. We're so bad at, like, any of the things we do. I don't think I actually shared this on, on our podcast page at all. I don't think anyone uses our podcast page, so that's okay. <laughs> Probably not. I love you all. <laughs> we, we done? Are we going to log? <sighs> yeah. All right. Night, everybody.